Welcome to Beyond the Hashtag, a podcast dedicated to talking all things social media for social good and how we can use social media to drive change in society and create value for our audiences. We're talking to incredible business owners and marketeers about how they use social media and they'll be giving us their top tips on how to create engaged audiences and awesome content. Make sure to follow us across all social media. We're at NLY Social on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, you name it, we're there. Give us a follow. Let's get on with the episode. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Hashtag. Um, I am very excited about our guest today, Tommy Hatto. Um, it is an honour to be sat in the same room as you. So thank you for a start just, you know, from podcast life for coming in in person. <laughs> um, but also just love everything about what you do. Um, so welcome. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. It's uh, nice. I was saying to you before, I've done quite a few of these podcasts, but this is the first one I've done in person. So it's really refreshing to actually meet face to face and have a conversation in a room with somebody. Yeah, definitely. Um, really pleased that you're happy to be here. And one of the things I wanted to start talking to you about, actually, if you are um, up for it, is talking about your kind of journey to get where you are today. Because, well, first of all, tell us a bit about Tommy Hatto Online and what it is that you do. Because I think that's quite important to cover in order to go back to look at how you got there. <laughs> You've done your research, Natalie. You totally get it. So yeah, Tommy Hatter Online is uh, a company that I started with my partner, Lorna, um, around two years ago. And it really grew organically. It was something that during COVID, um, I wasn't able to do any work because my background is as an entertainer in acting and modeling. And obviously when the pandemic hit, work dried up and it was an outlet for me to just be able to blog online around my health journey and my journey so far mm. which i'll talk about in a minute um and then it just gained traction you know a lot of people started taking notice a lot of people started saying hey i i had these struggles that you have as well you know i'm glad that you as a man is talking about these yeah. types of issues and from there it started I was speaking at schools, I was speaking at businesses and conferences and really talking about health and well-being almost a bit differently to how others in the market were talking about it. You know, I am not a personal trainer, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a life coach, although I have worked with some of the best in the industry and the best in the world. Um, but my outlook to well-being is very holistic. It's not about being in the best shape possible, mm. eating all the right stuff. It is... Our tagline, which I think flows through everything, is it's not healthy if you're not happy. Nice. Um, and that kind of is the ethos of what we do. I love that. That, that. Yeah. And I can think about anything that I do in my life, if it's not healthy, yeah, you're not happy. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can eat all the right stuff. And I can tell people, eat your salads and, you know, eat your macros and all of that. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy, yeah. that, that, that's not health. Yeah. 100%. Um, so fast forward then, and where where's the kind of traction right now in terms of appetite for the work that you're doing? It's right now, it's really big. Yeah. I think coming out of a pandemic, and it was almost a bittersweet moment um, in terms of the timings is that, you know, as, as 
worse and bad is what the pandemic gave. Yeah. They presented an opportunity to actually take everybody to take a look at themselves inward and think, actually, what is it that I value in life right now? Mm -hmm. Because when everything is taken away, what it, what is the most important thing in our life? And at the end of the day, it was around being having friends and family around you. It was about looking after your health. It was around well-being and taking care of yourself. And coming out of the pandemic, those attitudes haven't changed. People still want that. People have valued the time they've spent at home with their family. Yep. People have valued looking after themselves and looking after their health. A lot of people in the cities, you take away kind of the day-to-day -day and they were stuck indoors in their flat in the pandemic and actually they realized and thought, I, I need my well-being, I need fresh air, I need to look after my health. So coming out into that transition period of the pandemic, a need for well-being, um, especially within the workplace, is huge, you mm. know, and remote working, there's such a great pressure on people who are remote working, they feel very isolated, there's a pressure that they have to be at their computer yeah. um, because their employers may be checking on them. So it's around doing this work to help people within the workplace to say, okay, well, we need to try and come to some sort of compromise, whether that it's coming into the office a couple of days a week, remote working, what is it best for you? And that's what we do with companies, is we'll, we'll come in as a consultancy firm and we'll really kind of take a very holistic view of what they're doing in the workplace and say, okay, these are the things that you need to implement. These initiatives are, need to, are what you need to put in place to keep your organization running and to keep your employees and your colleagues and your staff happy and productive. Yeah. Um, because, again, what the pandemic has shown to us is right now it's a very candidate-driven market. Yeah. Um, so if an employee does not val feel valued within their organization, they will go somewhere else. Yeah. And now it, what has presented itself is that you can work anywhere in the yeah. country. You can work anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, so that's what we'll help employers with. Yeah. And because that, that isolation, that, that um, the benefit to working anywhere also delivers a bit of isolation issues for people. It does. That then has an impact on people's mental health uh, over like, the amount of time you're spending on digital yeah. increases massively. Um, so I think there's a definite need for those discussions to be happening around, well, okay, mm -hmm. it's great that we candidate driven market, but actually, and that might be beneficial to some organizations, but actually once we've got that talent in, how do we look after them? Exactly. And I think when we, one of the key things is we also need to start thinking about the future of the talent. Mm. Um, yeah, as a relatively young person myself, you know, I feel as though I'm, a voice for that type of demographic millennial gen z type that actually their two biggest values are well-being and sustainability yeah. now an organization might not think they have an issue now because they're happy but you know in 10 years time when their current workforce all the boomers and things have retired and they're enjoying life and they need that influx of new talent to come in if they aren't looking at their well-being right now those Gen Z population aren't going to go to them. They've got a lot of catching up to do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I talk about that with social media for a lot of clients, um, you know, or when we talk about it in the consultancy frame of mind, like if you're not doing it now, mm. I mean, that's not even a choice, really. You've got a lot of catching up to do as it is. So get on board yeah. sooner rather than later. And it's always evolving, isn't yeah. it? Is if they don't start now... In five years' time, they've got to learn all of that exactly. stuff. Plus so much more. Exactly. Um, 
Which brings us on, I guess, to your own relationship with social media because, you know, influencer comes it to It has mind. been a roller coaster, I tell you. My <laughs> relationship, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Tell us how it grew. Obviously, this is from, like, your career as a model, like, you've grown an online following. Um, yeah, just talk about, like, how you've grown that, how do you sustain that, and what that journey's been like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was something... I am probably the biggest technophobe there is. I, <laughs> I am still on a pay-as-you-go phone. Um, I just... So then when I came and when I started in the acting industry, when I because that's what I became first as an actor, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. I just wanted to act. I just wanted to do what I came into the industry to do. And when my management at the time was saying, you need to get on Instagram and you need to get on Twitter and you need to be active on it, um, I was very resistant um, because that wasn't, I didn't sign up for that. Mm. I didn't sign up to be posting all the time. And uh, when I was hanging around with a lot of people, one of my best friends, he's a huge influencer over in Southeast Asia. And I remember we, we were doing modeling out in Bangkok at the time and we went for dinner and he brought his phone with him and he was vlogging the whole time. And I, I could not think of anything more annoying. <laughs> I was eating... I was like eating my rice and my curry and he was literally like, hey, Tommy, say hi for the camera. What's and it say, taste like? Yeah, say hi for YouTube. And I was like, get that thing out of my face. <laughs> um, so it was, it's been a really roller coaster journey. It's a love-hate relationship. And it's taken a lot of people to kind of kick me up the backside to say, you need to do more. Um, and when I started posting... I had no strategy in place. I didn't really know what a social media strategy was. I was just posting things that I enjoyed. I loved to travel. Mm -hmm. um, so I was posting a lot of my traveling photos up because I was very lucky enough to be able to travel a lot. And I was posting a lot of my modeling photos or work photos when I was on a film set. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll be honest, I think it happened very organically in terms of the following and it was slowly going up in engagement. Um, I'm going to just say it right here. Uh, I probably built up my following because I posted a lot of shirtless photos of myself. <laughs> Sex sells. <laughs> well, it does. It does. And do you know what is, this is where the hate relationship from social media comes in because now I've built up a following on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You know, I, I think I've uh, amassed like a collective over 100,000 followers on social media. Um, all from sort of the modeling days. And now trying to run a business, which mm. is talking about well-being and something really meaningful to me, the engagement isn't there. And I'm finding it very wow. difficult um, because one day I can post a photo of me on the beach and it will get, you know, 200 likes or whatever. Yeah. The next day I'll post a photo of a, a recipe or a, a smoothie that I have made and, you know, with the ingredients and all the health benefits. And it will get like 12 likes. Wow. So... This is where being really smart about social media, and I'm not an expert at all, but from people talking about me, is the audience has to be right. And yes. I have seen, when I started doing the business, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to make a killing. I'm going to make a killing. I've got like 100,000 followers. You know, I can talk about well-being. I can sell my recipes and things. I'm kind of set. So when I launched it and nobody kind of bit, I was like... Oh, man, you know, and it is only after time when I thought about audience and engagement and getting the right people yeah. engaged in what you want to do and what your purpose is. 
Um, that's now I'm almost starting from scratch because I'm now trying to build a different demographic because yeah. the demographic that I'm currently appealing to through my modeling, very young people, mm. they're not, they don't necessarily have the finances mm -hmm. to be able to invest in well-being stuff. Um, and also a lot of the work we do is targeted at businesses and yes, organizations. Exactly. And now we're, we've got individuals following us. Um, my publicist said to me, she said, uh, you're gonna have to, and a few people have said this to me actually, they, they were like, to get, to uh, like change their audience over and get them as potential leads, I'm gonna have to like uh, <laughs> stand in my kitchen shirtless holding a smoothie or something. Like that. Do you know what? I was gonna say, oh, I was literally gonna say, have you not thought about mixing the two together? I have, but, but that's, that's so cringe to me. I just like, yes. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, it does feel a bit cringe, mm. doesn't it? Um, but there's there's something there, right? That's, that's really great that you're evaluating what works and what doesn't. And either, as you say, you need to try and build something very new or you need to try and combine what's working previously with the new stuff. And, you know, yeah, how, I guess how would you, if you were to be approached by another product, by a company wanting you, wanting to use your social media to sell that product, then maybe that's the kind of mentality you have to use for your yeah own business. yeah i think treat yourself like an influencer to your own business i know yeah that <laughs> is i just i find it when in my own stuff i'm like i just find it so yeah. cringe that whole influencer thing is just uh uh yeah it's a it's a little bit after my time i kind of came in when social media was starting to blow up yeah um but obviously that wasn't the avenue that i I came through to get big and yep. so it was very new to me and kind of watching people around me kind of get big through social media was uh, mind-blowing really. I totally agree that this whole concept of influencer marketing as yeah. you quite rightly say is only a few years old even though it's existed in many ways in marketing through various different formats um, yeah suddenly people young young kids are like aspiring to be YouTubers or influencers. I know, and you know what? It was only like two or three years ago where people would w want to be an influencer as a kid and you would shut them down and be like, that is not a real yeah. job. But people are making serious money serious from it money. now. Serious yeah. money. I know, it's crazy. Um, okay, so influencer aside, I think you're very humble in that, which is wonderful. I, I do love that. Um, but you do have this love-hate relationship with the socials, how do you manage your time on social from like a business perspective, personal perspective to make sure that you can love it and use it, but you're not gonna get completely bogged down or avoidant to it? Yeah, I um, it's, a, it's a difficult, it's a balancing act to try and browse socials for personal use compared to business. I am very much a procrastinator. Mm -hmm. um, so even when I go on to with the intent to do business stuff, I find myself going down a rabbit hole yeah. and scrolling through and you know, and then I'm on my sort of holidays holidays <laughs> and things yeah. on social media. Um, it's about putting in stringent boundaries. Yeah. I think you have to really put time aside to okay, what is the content that I want to create? Mm. How what is the plan that I want to do, especially over the past few months, I've been really smart around creating a content calendar um, cool. and being very intentful with what I want to put out 
and what that purpose of that content is going to be. So for example, at the moment, we're doing a whole load of stuff um, around it. This week is National Eating Disorders Awareness Week. Yeah. So we've been doing a lot of content around that. The next thing I'm speaking at the NEC Arena next week. So then we've purposed content all around that. Then it's Health and nu Nutrition and Hydration Week. So then yeah. we've got content, relatable content to that. And that is the mindset that I've got myself into is that I can't just be posting any old stuff. I can't be posting about Men's Health Day today because what is it? What is the end goal that we want yeah, from nice. that? So that's the biggest thing that I've learned so far over the past couple of months is to be really um, intentful with what you want to post out. And then it's putting time aside to create that content, whatever that may be, whether that is imagery, videos, uh, wording, create those templates. And again, one of the great nuggets that I've been told is around scheduling. Yay! Um, <laughs> which I'm still getting into the swing of things. Yeah. But it is a time saver. When you're, it is, isn't when it? When I'm able to spend you know, my Sunday, and I don't mind working on a Sunday, and I can just schedule my content for that week, mm. then I don't have to wake up at like 7 a.m. Just to get a post and out. And post it out. Yeah. You know, I can go around my day. Because what you think, you might wake up on a Monday and think, okay, I'm going to do that post. It was literally a five-minute job. It never takes five minutes. No. Um, no, it does not. No. So, <laughs> yeah, scheduling, I definitely do that. And then in terms of the personal side, it's just browsing throughout the day. I'll be honest, and this is where my love-hate with social media comes on. I'm not the best with too many platforms. Okay, that's um, fine. I have Instagram. That's the one I use the most. Yep. Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn. Um, Twitter, I have a Twitter account. You know, the, the following is okay on that. But I, I'm i just not very active on it. Yeah. Um, I I can't control so many social medias at one time. You know, no. back, way back when, when I was uh, uh, working in LA and I had a, a management, they would kind of take over my mm -hmm. socials for me. So it was much easier then because it was something that I was like, you know, you, you deal with you. that. I'll do with what I want to do. You yeah. do the bits that you want to do. Yeah. But now trying to, you know, cultivate a business through it. I'm learning all of these different things yes. and every day is a school day. And, you know, one day I will get there, but there'll still be more to learn because yeah. the market is evolving. Um, <laughs> but that's what I would say is the biggest tip is to just find the time make strict boundaries and um, separate the business and personal. Mm, that's really great, really great advice. Separate the personal from the business um, is so key to make mm. sure that you keep your head in the game and otherwise you can be constantly online and also confusing yourself with the messaging and what, actually, you know, for me, like my Facebook is all about family and friends and it's really closed down and that is my personal place, time and effort. I'm really clear about that. And I know what my LinkedIn profile is about. My LinkedIn profile is about my thought leadership around social media and marketing and purpose cause marketing, etc. Um, the Twitter is about the company, etc, etc, etc. And I think if you're able to be really clear about those, then you'll have a much better time using them yes that 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 is a true thing natalie it's uh i have gotten into that swing of things so i go back to how about my personal page on instagram was you know i've amassed a, a following because they're wanting or expecting 
a particular type of content, frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, we now have a business page, and that is more focused on the, the business, the business side of things mm-hmm. and the well-being stuff. Keep my personal page still delivering the type of content that people want in terms of the modeling stuff and, you know, the nice-looking photos, but also adding in well-being stuff on there too. Facebook, it's very much about celebrating the more personal aspects of my yeah. life. Um, I w- wouldn't really post, like, a modeling photo of me on, on Facebook because... That's, that social circle is just people I know. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Twitter, again, is around just sort of the thought leadership and yeah. my, my thoughts. So, again, it's about repurposing your content for the platform and the audience that you have. Yeah, 100%. Mm. And what about, so you mentioned scheduling. God love us, loves the scheduler. Um, what is your scheduling tool of choice? Oh, what do we use? Uh, my girlfriend uses the scheduling tool and she schedules the post. I think... It, it might be, I think it begins with a B. Buffer. Uh, ah, Buffer, yes, Buffer, it is. yes. One of the most popular choices out there. Oh, uh, okay. It is yeah. a good choice. We use Hootsuite. Okay, I've used Hootsuite yeah, in the past, yeah, yes. Yeah, Hootsuite and Planable. Um, but they definitely make a difference. Like, they really help you to be planned ahead oh, and totally. reactive at the same time. Yeah, and I think especially if you're posting, let's say, an image across a couple of social media platforms, it, you do it in one go. Yeah. As opposed to getting saving it onto your camera roll, opening up your one app, adding it, opening up the next app, doing yeah, it, and then you're like... Mm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I like a scheduling tool. And how often do you check in for, like, that two-way engagement stuff? So comments, questions, messages. Is that something that you do every now and then, or do you have, like, real set boundary time? No, I'll do it. I don't really have set boundary times. As soon as I post... Um, I usually post a lot of stuff in the morning because mm. that's when I wake up really early and I'm in the gym um, and I'll kind of post when I'm back from the gym making my breakfast before I kind of sit down and do the emails and things. Um, but I engage throughout the day. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'll always engage. I'll, I'll comment on on things, um, like things. So as soon as I post, if people are commenting on my post, I'll reply nice. back when I can. I never... I'm like, I must, I, you know, it's, I wish I could get into a routine where people are like between 9 and 9.30, that's when my, I'm doing my engagement. Yeah. But for me, you know, I'm, I just like to engage throughout the day. For me, yeah. I don't have the time to be able to set 9 to 9.30 engagement time or, yeah. or whatever. You know, for me, it's as and when I can get on it, but I'll always reply back to comments. I'll always like things. I'll always try to comment on other people's and mm-hmm. start those relationships nice do you think that's made a difference to help you the success of your social media like relationship element oh definitely do you know what it was one of those things before it was um especially on instagram where i would just post a photo and i would just have the likes and i wouldn't really engage and it wasn't until i started it wasn't until i joined linkedin actually my girlfriend she's a marketer too so she was kind of nagging on at me <laughs> um but it wasn't until i started seeing a lot of different people saying like social media you have to be social on it. Mm-hmm. you know it's, it's very self-explanatory which yeah. i don't know why i didn't yeah. realize at the time um <laughs> you're like it's just a photo catalog yeah right? i'm just a posting you know and I'm, I'm just gonna post my stuff um but yeah you know building relationships building communities especially when you're starting out is so important because you need people who are going to advocate for you you need people especially if you're starting your own business you need people who are going to refer you you know there's people who are going to be like oh yeah i know this awesome person yeah you know let me hook you up with them this is their 
Instagram handle, DM them. Say, yeah. say I recommended you, you know, yeah. and there's so much value in doing that. Um, and that is really the best form of marketing is to, through socials and building relationships. It's something that I have learned so much. And I'm, like I said, I'm a work in progress. I'm still trying to get there at the moment and yeah. uh, do it as and when. But uh, yeah, it's totally important. Definitely. Um, kind of going back a little bit to like... Um, something that I see do quite a lot on social media and whilst there's the you know a real plus side to be on online quite a bit and build relationships it can be quite a toxic place to hang out right and yeah. I know that this is a, a subject that's quite close to your heart and comes through in a lot of the work that you do around social media giving off perceptions that perhaps aren't real right and I think you mentioned at the very start of this interview that as a male young male um, mental health is not often spoken about or supported. How how have all those things kind of all come into play now for what you're running is you know what you're doing through Tommy Hatto online? I think it's really important to highlight these types of topics, especially for young people across social media. Uh, I know growing up and social media was rising, the pressures that I found as a man. Um, in terms of my bo own body image and mm -hmm. comparing myself. You know, we have this stigma that men shouldn't really care about the way that they look and that they should be the natural providers for the family. So when I was looking on Instagram and I was seeing all of these awesome influencers, they were traveling the world, they were making hell loads of money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, in the insecurities inside me were increasing. I was like, gosh, you know, how are, how are they doing it? How are they so successful? Yeah. And they're like, they're like 16 years old and they're like making like 10 times as much money as me. Um, and, you know, they look really good and they've got so many followers and things. Um, so those pressures are really there. And it was something that I wanted to kind of start talking about. Actually, you know, we talk a lot around body positivity within women and that's great. You know, there's so much yeah. work to be done in that space, yeah. especially for women but we don't talk about it nearly enough with men. No. Um, and at the end of the day, we're all human. We all feel these types of thoughts. You know, We all feel insecure. We all compare ourselves to other people regardless of your gender. And it was something that I have gone through in my career and when I was younger and I wanted to just speak up. At the time, I didn't have any intention or you know, I, there was no agenda for me doing mm. it. Um, I just wanted to kind of share my story. And through social media, I had a lot of young people message me, young men from all around the world saying, I'm really glad that you're talking about this. You know, I, I feel like this too. I'm so glad that there's somebody talking about this. Um, you know, on the same token, the toxic bit, I had a lot of hate comments around oh, it too. Yeah, you know, I had a lot of people challenge me to say, you know, isn't it funny? Don't you find it a bit wrong that somebody as a an conventionally attractive person is talking around um, body image issues which I totally get you know I welcome those challenges mm -hmm. um, but again you know regardless of what you look like it doesn't stop you feeling those types of feelings um, yes. so yeah you know that was the great thing about social media was that it now had a purpose to what I was wanting to do and that's why I'm in that love stage of social media at the moment because 
I know that I'm meaningfully helping people. Yeah. I was really lucky that last year I won the social media champion of the year at the mental health blog awards. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah. And you know, those, those types of achievements, I never set out to win those types of awards or get that type of recognition, but for industry people to look and say, actually the campaign that he's doing is making a difference mm. to me that that means so much more than how many followers I have or you know whatever if I was you know best body of the year or whatever yeah. do you know what that is the type of recognition and meaningfulness that I want to put out in the world so that is what we try to do with social media at the moment is everything is intentional now yeah um you know we want to be able to make people feel valued we want make people to kind of look at the post and think yeah, you know, I get that. And I'm, I'm glad that he's doing that. And, you know, that has helped me in some way, shape or form. Mm. Do you get a lot of those sorts of feedback? Um, you mentioned that you had a couple of people say, like, thank you for sharing. Like, I'm, I'm feeling like this too. Um, do you get a lot of that? Is that something that you see consistently coming through? Yeah, definitely. You know, whether that's from the same people or newer people, which is great. You know, I've I've spoken and shared stories and it comes back to that engagement mm. piece. I've had DMs from people from all around the world um, really kind of pouring their heart mm. in soul into into my the messages that they're sending me. Um, because for whatever reason, they feel comfortable because... You know, I do, when I do a lot of the talks I do with businesses, I talk around, one of the topics is the power of vulnerability, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I can only kind of imagine that in me being vulnerable allows them to be vulnerable with me, that there's a shared connection there that is like, okay, I get you and yeah. I'm sure you're going to get me. And, you know, I had a guy from Brazil, he was a semi-professional football player, um, on paper, you wouldn't think that he would suffer from these types of body image issues and he wouldn't compare himself but actually he sent me a, a really big message just to say that he did go through something like this he didn't feel that he could talk about it because of the industry that he was in he didn't feel like people would get him if he spoke about it so mm. you know he's still not at that point to talk openly about it but it's good that he doesn't feel alone and he yeah. doesn't feel isolated um I had other people in Asia kind of reach out to me and, you know, say thank you, um, not only for sort of being um, an Asian ethnic minority kind of in, in Hollywood and things like that mm -hmm. and representing them, but also, you know, they can identify with me because I am not a 100% Caucasian person talking about it. You know, I, yeah. I come from hum humble beginnings and that kind of background similar to them. So they can identify and it's all about the relatability yeah 100% relatability is super super key mm. so um wh where do you see social media going in terms of health and well-being and supporting health and well-being I mean Instagram and Facebook are making some good waves in terms of users and taking down content etc but do you, have you thought about where social media could be going in terms of the support of health and well-being? Or what could it be doing more to support your agenda? Yeah, I think this is an interesting one. This is, I like this question because it gets me thinking. Um, because I'll be honest, I don't know where it's going. Mm. I think social media is only going to keep growing and growing and mm. there'll be more 
use cases for us in the future and I'm sure we'll get to a point where social media is almost everything that we do yeah um, and that can be a good thing and a bad thing and I say a bad thing because it does you know social media in a way although we can feel connected virtually mm-hmm. we go back to the start of the conversation you can feel very isolated in yeah. what you're doing because you're on your phone on your own um, and I think when you're almost alone with your thoughts that can be quite triggering and toxic um, and you're not having an open discussion with people when you're looking at photographs of people you're looking at a perception of what somebody is putting out that's when you can start to conjure up your own thoughts and feelings about yourself yeah um, and almost you can feel inadequate in that regard but it can be a great thing you know I think if we are able to regulate it properly be able to put in you know, they did a great thing, the whole influencer stuff, and you have to use the hashtag ad. Mm-hmm. And now you have to yeah. you know, declare if you have been paid um, yeah. for a product or a service. Um, so that's a great thing to know that actually, are these influencers really using these products? Because yeah. before we think, ah, oh, you know, I want skin like them. Yes. I'm going to use this skincare product. Now the way of thinking is that they probably don't use it. Yeah. They've just been gifted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it has so some transparency to it, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. It's about transparency. What I would love to see in the future is almost the same kind of declaration in regards to filters that mm. people use. That if you have filtered your photograph or, you know, you photoshopped it, that you have to kind of declare that it has been filtered. Nice. You know, um, uh, you know I've I filtered mine. Um, I, I have no qualms around telling people when my photographs have been filtered. Um, and I have no issue with people filtering their photographs, you yeah. know. It, it, in essence, it's a fun thing to do. It's yeah. nice to kind of play around with that. Um, but I think being transparent, like you said, Natalie, is is the key. It's around reading the room, you know. Who is going to be looking at this content of yours? Yeah. And how is that going to make them feel? Absolutely. Particularly, I think that, you know, the whole idea around using the word hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored, with influencers was entirely put in place because of their influence on people. Yeah. So yes, there's some advertising standardcy, advertising agency standards that need to be adhered to with any sort of advertising, but also for a lot of these products that could be shown and shared, it is about making sure that the audience consuming that are given a slight opportunity to think, do I really want this? Is this legit or not? And so I think actually your point around stating whether something is filtered even more so relevant to those with large audiences and large engagement rates, i.e. those who are influencing Mm. people's behaviour, because that all trickles down, right? Those celebrities who are using Instagram and putting this perfected personality type and persona and imagery out on their social, they've got a million young people under the age of 20 or 25 or whatever. That's a massive impact that yeah. they're having and that's quite detrimental from a mental health perspective because then what you see is that they they try to replicate and do the same things on their feeds you know i've spoken to so many young kids before who are like oh i take like 30 selfies before i even mm, post it yeah, you're yeah. like not real depiction of real life no so no. i'm totally with you i would sign that petition to have yeah, let's do stated. it let's do it I, I i think it's so important i think you know it is at the end of the day we all know that what we see on social media isn't real you know we all we all know that at our heart and at our core 
but we need that reminder because I think yeah. we forget when we go on there. I'm still the same. I go on there, and even though I know, yeah, you know, I know what it when when I see actors or models post photos of. I know all the tricks and manipulation that goes on behind the scenes, but I still get caught up in. And that's it. somebody from the industry. Exactly. You that's know? scary to think yeah. that some people who are not in the industry do not know. No, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, exactly. You don't know all of the the things that go behind the scenes, yeah. and and then in terms of health. And well-being on social media. Um, I read, well, I watched something on the news today where it said like, TikTok is now like the most, the biggest search engine. It's like over today you can Google in terms yeah. of what people want, and yeah. now people are getting their doctor's advice from like TikTok. Um, wow. Yeah, they're like searching ailments and things. So I think that probably is the way we're going to go forward. And I think it's a great thing, you know, when you now have access. Um, I I saw this quote once, and it was something like. Because I'm a I'm a governor of a school. I really want to help in terms of young people and their mm-hmm. education and the you know their own self esteem. But I saw something um, which has helped me on my mission to kind of transform education was something like actually the best teachers are now not in the classroom. They're online. Yes, they great. are on social media. So I think it's great that we can now get this information from amazing expert resources from all around the world. But on the same token, we just need to regulate because there's a lot of dangerous material that could be out yeah, there. Yeah, 100%. And fakes. Yes. And frauds. Mm. Um, any advice for people trying to decide whether or not this GP is legit giving me this advice here on TikTok versus this guy who says he's a GP and is asking me to DM them my details? Um, how can people navigate what's real and what isn't? Have you got any thoughts on It's difficult, you know. I... It's not too dissimilar when I was starting my own health journey, you know, 10 years ago when I was in school, um, looking at the internet and there was a lot of conflicting sources of information mm. around what health was, you know, you know, eat, eat this stuff. And then another one was like, don't eat that stuff, eat this stuff. Um, and it's not, yeah, it's, it's pretty similar when you're navigating social media in terms of who you want to follow. I think it's around taking time um, to find out who you really trust. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that they're saying? Does it make sense to you? Don't be, don't be taken in by the comments that people write if they're saying, oh, you're amazing, you're amazing. Because a lot of stuff, you know, you have all of these bots and things nowadays. Mm, that, you know, yeah. A lot of the, the data or influence can be manipulated nowadays. Yes, yeah. So it's really about using your own judgment to think, does this, does what this person say resonate with me? Does it make sense to me? Um, do I trust them? Do I feel comfortable with taking their advice? Um, and then using that judgment to kind of then form whether you contact them or not. Mm-hmm. And it's also around, you know, just speaking with other people. Again, it comes back to the whole social media being social. Yeah. Find people who are interested in that type of and subject. advocating for it. Exactly. Speak to them. Who do they recommend? Who do they trust? Um and again just find different sources of information yeah i was going to say find these different sources as well you might find someone who looks great on tiktok and is pumping out all this good content in commas, but actually go and search for them on google see who they are see whether that adds up exactly because google will tell you a lot of stuff that tiktok won't no exactly i think we we've gotten into a culture and society where we are almost just fed one singular version of something mm. and we take that you mm-hmm. know but actually information sources are so huge that yeah. you can go here there and everywhere to find all different opinions 
And it's about forming your own opinion. You know? exactly. Don't take just what somebody tells you. Yeah. It's almost like taking, it's like personal responsibility, isn't it? Mm. In, the, in the digital age, it's almost like, yeah, we have all this stuff and there's content. How do we support people to be really self-aware about forming their own opinion or their decisions by consuming multiple versions of the same message in different ways? Exactly. It's just broadening your horizons. Yeah. It's in the same way as that, you know, if you are a reader of one particular newspaper, you're only going to get the views of those columnists in the newspaper, right? So that that's going to form your opinion. But actually, when you start to read different newspapers, you're getting different views, and you can form your own opinion about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Um, who do you look up to on social media? Who's your, like, fave celebrity, non-celebrity businesses? Talk to me. Who's your oh, God. <laughs> um, hmm, this, is, this is putting me on the spot. Um, I have different people I follow for different reasons. Um, in terms of the business world, I'm... Oh, okay. I love Jay Shetty. Yes. Um, I am really... I wish... Part of me, I wish I could be a monk like he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really spiritual in that sense. I'm really into kind of holistically looking at my health and well-being nice. and I think he does a, a great job in terms of being able to talk openly about his journey um, mm -hmm. the burnout that he suffered from his corporate world and now he's found peace and tranquility and sort of mm -hmm. wellness um, he has an amazing podcast as well um, that he does with really great guests talking around their own holistic journeys so I love following him on Instagram um, I love travel so there's a lot of travel influencers that I follow um, nice. Yeah, and then business stuff. I, I follow Richard Branson on he's great. LinkedIn. He's great. He's yeah. very down to earth. Um, he's such a people person, and his journey is great. I love people who have a really inspiring journey. That, mm. You know, they haven't. Um, you know, I'm gonna say it out there. I'm not really into the Kardashians or Jenners and things mm -hmm. like that. Like. Um, that's good <laughs> yeah. in my opinion you know to me I'm you know they're not inspiring at all I like people who have kind of really had to make the struggle you know that yeah. they've been able to turn something adverse and hard into something that is inspiring yeah um, and trans transformative yeah and they're quite honest about sharing that as well like you can fundamentally see the journey right you can see them go from step to step and they're quite open about sharing that which yeah. I was just literally talking to somebody earlier on today in another podcast and it's like we're in this era where we need to feel relatable mm. uh, and you know we need, to, we need to be able to relate to that person and take comfort and strength and inspiration from those people no matter what that looks like, whether that's, you know, the, all the ugliness of running a business and all the struggles of humanity, it might feel quite vulnerable to share that, but that's what builds that human connection yeah, and relationship that implores you to want more, to learn more, to stay more, to post more, to do more. Yeah, no, definitely. It is about that human connection and finding that relatability to be like, wow, okay, this... This person, you know, has gone through so many challenges and has seen the other end. And, you know, it, it's very motivating um, to me to be able to do that. And actually, I, you know, I don't follow a lot of people specifically for one thing on social media. Um, but I, I will give a shout out to all of the people that have really small follow followings who are starting out, who are posting some really great content, yeah. which I like. Um, 
better content than some of the bigger people, you yeah. know? And it's such a shame when you kind of, a big person will just post, I don't know, Happy Monday. Yeah. <laughs> and they have like 10 million <laughs> likes. And somebody has literally Put wrote their heart. life story yeah. and they don't get much traction. So just a shout out to those people, you know, you, you might think that people aren't realizing and looking at your content, but keep doing what you're doing because people are. Um, 100%. Yeah, keep doing you. People are watching yeah, and they're consuming. Yeah, that's it. Um, Tommy, it's been amazing talking to you. Thank you. Before we wrap up with our social media fail for this episode, um, what would you like to say about the kind of well-being at work stuff, priorities? Here's your chance to kind of give a message out to any potential business owners who are listening. Um, yeah, just give a couple of sentences around what you would like people to be considering and thinking and doing. Okay. Quick sales pitch. Um, <laughs> you know, well-being is not a siloed thing. There's so many business owners out there, and I know the struggle that small business owners have. You know, it's easy with corporates because they already have their strategies in place in regards to well-being and DNI. It's not at the top of the agenda for smaller business owners. I totally understand that. You know, we all we all have our struggles financially, and we're trying to prioritize running a business. But if I can put it in any other way, is that don't think of well-being as this siloed thing. It is not just like HR, finance, well-being. Well-being runs through the fabric of your whole business. Yeah. That if you are not investing in the well-being of your people, then you will not be able to get that return on investment in terms of what you're trying to do with your marketing, what you're trying to do with your HR stuff or finances, is that investing in your people and making sure that they are happy is going to pay dividends for you at the end of the day. So don't think of it as this one thing that is costly. Think of it as an investment into your business and it spans all of the other pillars of your business. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, Tommy Hatte, thank you very much. Thank it's you. time for this week's social media fail. Okay. This week's social media fail comes courtesy of Dove, the wonderful world of Dove. Yeah, Dove, yes. <laughs> Talk to us about this fail and what's happened. Um, well, it's an old campaign, actually, I think, uh, but it's worth talking about. Okay, I picked this one because I thought it was very kind of encompassing with the stuff that I'm trying to do. Um, and basically, this social media fail was around an advert from Dove, which talked about their real beauty. Um, so, was it a TV advert? Yeah, I think okay. it's a social post as oh, well, social. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. a social post. So, they had a black woman take off her shirt and as soon as the t-shirt goes over her head it turns into a white woman. Now, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to explain why, why that is very wrong. No, you um, don't. But yeah, so they had a lot of messages from people of different races complaining um, as it was very insulting and Dove eventually removed the post and issued an apology. Um, for me, do you know what, I, I can kind of sympathize. The, the message that they're trying to get, I can almost see what mm. they're trying to get at. Their execution is completely wrong. Mm. Um, you know, th th there was no self-awareness here. Um, no, it's like, that's what they're saying. They're trying to say, like, you know, you'll, f you'll feel better um, using Dove 
And basically they're suggesting that you will transform yourself if you use body lotion, Dove body lotion. And as Tommy was saying, this picture is like a four point transformation or that's how it looks like and the way it's delivered on social in this four person grid. Um, saying that basically, yeah, black woman transforms to a white woman after yeah. using Dove, Dove lotion. Yeah. I just think it's horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. And what is. we were saying, like off air, was like, how does this even get the go ahead? No, you know, I think again, you know, these mistakes. We're all human at the end of the day. You know, I, I would, I would forgive people who made these mistakes. But when you have huge companies like Dove or whatever company, yeah. this has to go through like three or four different people to sign off. You know, for a huge campaign like this, mm. and for none of those people to have picked this up on. Well, all of those people must have been white, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And hopefully sacked. Yeah, exactly, yes, yeah, so. Uh, so what would your advice be for um, anybody looking to try to deliver campaigns on social media? Any kind of content? Yeah, any content. I think it's about widening your horizon. I think you need to now be able to be very inclusive. Um, and again, which is why I pick this particular one because we do a lot of inclusion work. It's around making sure that you are not isolating a particular type of audience who you want to sell to. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, when you're doing your social media posts, uh, get feedback before you go out, get feedback from people, you know, whether that is your peers or colleagues, you know, understand does, does the message that you want to put across make sense? Yeah, definitely. Great advice. Couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> Tommy Hattie, thanks for joining me on Beyond the Hashtag. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Hashtag. Make sure you tune in to our next episode and hit the subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our amazing guests. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're at NLY Social. See you soon.